What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, where everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. What's your story? In the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, we want to let you know that we will be donating 100% of our sales and donations at crazyfaceuno.com. That's crazyfaceuno.com to the World Central Kitchen, founded by Chef Jose Andres. If you have not heard about the World Central Kitchen or Jose Andres, please check them out and learn more about the amazing work they are doing around the world. Together, it's how we defeat this invisible enemy. With that said, I'm your host. Shane McNeely, and boy, are you in for a treat today. It is my honor and privilege to introduce our guest today. Please welcome Timna Sella. Welcome, Timna. Hello. It's good to be here. Yes, indeed. You uh, are one of my wife's best friends. And that is how we first... I would like to think so, yes. Absolutely. (laughs) And that is how we first met. Yes. And it when is. when when was that, Timna? It's been like, well, it's oh probably gosh. been, I mean, it's as long as we've been together, Dana and I have been together, so right. that's a question that's difficult to answer because we can't ever figure it out. Uh, 2015, <laughs> I believe, so. Oh my goodness. Something like that. Six, that going on seven right. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Timna, I don't, I know, so... I know a little bit about your job and about your work, but you've yes. been kind of on a journey of kind of finding your your rhythm and your path in the last mm-hmm. several years. Can you yes. help us and help our listeners and kind of talk about what you're up to these days work-wise and we'll go from there. Yeah, definitely. Um I have definitely been on a journey, so that is a very good way of putting it. (laughs) Um, And I can kind of, I'll kind of start with where I am right now, and I know eventually we'll we'll get into other stuff. But um, right now, I work for an accounting firm in their education department. Okay. um, Focusing right now on the tax line of business for this accounting firm and working on tax learning strategy. Mm. Yeah. which basically means um, I am trying to figure out what does learning look like for our tax people in five years, 10 years plus down the road. Um, And then trying to make sure that I um, am putting together what they need to make sure that happens. Very cool. So now my follow-up question, obviously we're in the midst of something that nobody really has ever experienced before this is obviously going to be playing a, a major factor into some of what you do as well from the sounds of things. Have you thought that? Mm-hmm. Have you been thinking about that? Is that something that's in the discussion with, with your work and with what you're doing? Yes, definitely. Um, I will say starting like three weeks ago, mm-hmm. stuff really, really has changed quite a bit in our world. Yeah. Um, our company really does a lot of conferences. And we've been trying as kind of a learning department to move away from that because that's not always the best use of learning time. Um, And we can't do conferences anymore, right? We can't get (laughs) thousands of people in a single place. We can't have people fly from all over the country or um, from all over the world because we're an international company. Mm -hmm. Um, So we 
we have had to kind of um, in the last couple of weeks really think through what do we do now. Yeah. Um, so we're exploring a lot of virtual learning. We're exploring a lot of virtual meetings because mm-hmm. um, luckily our department is already pretty virtual heavy because we have people all over the United States and in Canada as well. Yeah. Um, so we're already comfortable doing video calls and being on a lot of phone calls and things like that. But most of our company is used to just working with people in their office and being able to, you know, walk down the, the hallway and pop into somebody's office or stop in somebody's cube and they can't do that anymore. Yeah. So, um, it's been a big transition and when it comes to learning for sure, there's tons of ways that we can adapt, but it's trying to figure out what's the best way and what's going to work best for our people. Yeah, for sure. We're still working on. (laughs) Yeah. How, how will this affect, you know, not even day to day like business operations, but even, Mm -hmm. you know, tax implications, obviously that's a big question mark, but I assume that that's probably going to be a big, you know, some, some changes, you know, within training even potentially, is is that the case or how's that look for yeah. you and your business? Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't know all the details because things are honestly changing every single day, but yeah, of course. Um, there's, you know, the stimulus stuff happening. Mm-hmm. There's um, different credits that are potentially going to be available for small businesses to help them continue. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things that are potentially going to need to be um, well, one, we need to wait for the laws to actually be written so yeah. we can figure out what to do about it. Um, but then it's going to be really heavily figuring out is, you know, just a white paper enough for people? Do they really mm-hmm. need training on this? Um, mm-hmm. Is it more of a communication? So a lot of what we really do is actually even helping to figure out what actually is tra- what is actually needed for training. Mm. Um, a lot of things that happen in our company it doesn't need to be training. Yeah. It can be simply a communication, an email, a webcast of some kind that's pushing information. Um, but so many times people think that, oh, I, this person needs to understand this and that needs to be a two-hour class. Right. That's that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Um, it's, like the classic, uh, get... it's like the classic meetings that could have just been solved by an email. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but in but in learning format. But in learning where format. Where you need to yeah. now fly to a conference and sit yeah. for two hours to hear somebody talk at you. Yeah. Um not not the most effective thing in the world. Sure. Sure. Man, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's this time of our life is uh you know, mm-hmm. one that we will certainly take a lot to forget about, I think. Um, yeah. And it's seeming more and more every day that the conversations that we have once we come out of this whole thing will will be, you know, pre-COVID-19 and post-COVID-19. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's just, it's a wild, it's wild. It's really crazy. How are you doing personally, Timna? You yeah. and, <laughs> you know, you're, you and, and Chris, uh, obviously you guys, you know, are living in the Twin Cities, and mm-hmm. um, there's, you know, been some changes for you guys as far as, you know, the stay-at-home orders that are now pretty yeah. prevalent around the, the country and world. Um, yeah, how's that been for you? Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been an adjustment. Um, I think we're handling it pretty well, though. It was kind of interesting because we, so we've been 
essentially home for three weeks now. Okay. Um, and that first week, we were actually on PTO mm-hmm. because we had been planning to go to Japan for a week and a half. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and that obviously didn't happen. So yeah. we were able to um, kind of refund tickets and, and get hotels canceled, luckily. So that was great. Um, disappointing, but good that we were able to do that. Of course. Um, and then we were like, okay, well, we'll still take some time off. We'll do some, you know, day trips, road trips, um, do some kind of staycation stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but very quickly it became, we really shouldn't even go out. Um, <laughs> right. So. <laughs> Surprise. So it very quick, yeah, it was, it was a kind of a relaxing uh, time off, but it was also definitely strange. Yeah. Um, cause we were going to the grocery store almost every day to see what could we find. Yeah. Um, cause we, you know, I'm sure like everywhere else had people that were hoarding and <laughs> just yeah. so much stuff wasn't available on the shelves. So we kind of had to go almost every day just to find the stuff that we would need for having food for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so we spent some time doing that. We did a lot of walks outside because luckily it was some good weather that week. Mm-hmm. And um, I've read a lot of books. We've yeah. watched TV and movies, played games, you know, just trying to kind of keep ourselves occupied. Um, Sane, but if you will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I would say overall it's been going well. Um, we live in a two-bedroom apartment, so it's... It's a little tight for both of us working from home, and it's mm-hmm. definitely been an adjustment of I'm on phone calls a lot yeah. all day, and yep. so now he's experiencing that. Yeah. And um, we definitely have slightly different working styles, so we're still kind of working through some of that and yeah. just even finding space that's comfortable inside of our apartment. So mm-hmm. um I finally broke down and bought a desk and a chair and because nice. I've been working from our, our kitchen counter for the last <laughs> two weeks, <laughs> which hasn't been the most comfortable. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but it's it's been going okay. We've been cooking a lot more, yeah, um, which has been nice, baking more. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been trying to get some exercise in almost every day just to, again, keep ourselves sane and make up for all the movement we're not doing by being in the office. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is a change. I know Dana and I are, are you know, we're, we're dealing with some of those same things. You know, we now live in a two bedroom mm-hmm. apartment as well. And, um, you know, our spare bedroom, one of the big reasons, you know, we, we got a two bedroom for the two of us is one, we, you know, we moved to Florida. Um, so if you're listening, we, my wife and I, what, eight years ago or eight years ago, eight months ago around <laughs> that. Man, like eight years. time flies when you're having fun. No, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we moved here and we we got the spare bedroom specifically. You know, we have family friends that will have came and will be coming to visit us. You know, in the future, and plus it's just nice for you know what I do with podcasting and allows me to have a, a space for that. And then now it's been really convenient because Dana's set up her office at the desk and in the spare room, and um, you know that's where she works out of until I do podcasts and then I kick her out and we trade places, but it's the same thing, you know, and it's been kind of nice for me to be honest. I've, uh, you know, I've actually become a little bit more busy, uh, just because there's Mm -hmm. more people's availability, you know, with being home. Um, but it's really nice to have, have Dana around. I do feel a little cooped up. 
um, even mm-hmm. though it's more my norm than than Dana's, but and and most people's. But I, uh, yeah, starting to feel a little little cooped. Yeah, something about knowing that you're not allowed to go out yeah. makes you want to go out more. <laughs> For sure, it like really plays with your head. It like so. messes you. Mm-hmm. I've noticed. So you know, we live in an apartment. Um, and it's a little apartment complex. So there's like a little pond lake in the middle of our apartment complex. And there's a little path yeah. that goes around it. And there's just so many more people out and about, you know, walking and running and exercising. And um, it's kind of fun. It's nice to see more people. You know, when we first yeah. moved here, it was, you know, people would, you had your regulars, you know, your people that were regular. But now it's like you go out and any any given moment you can look out and generally see somebody on the path and kind of walking and mm-hmm. it's nice you getting to know your neighbors a little bit more as everybody's kind of walking and out even though we're all you know trying to practice a little social discipline or uh yeah distancing discipline distance yeah. distancing about the same thing right um exactly yeah yeah <laughs> but uh yeah it's crazy yeah. it's really crazy it's it's i've said this i think about every podcast now but it's still pretty surreal it is. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you're just getting the updates constantly on our phone and through the news of the, just the change in numbers and the growth in numbers and all that. Yeah. And it's just, again, like every day you, you don't know what it's going to be like or what the new, you know, communication is going to be or yeah. how things are going to change even further. So for sure, there's a like lot there's of, a lot of things are up in the air. There's a lot of confusing information. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's really hard to know what to trust and what not to at times. And, you know, it's statistically and yeah. analytically and all these different things. There's constant and, you know, I'm trying to, I, I try to stay up to date and, you know, these different health professionals are kind of talking about it, but you know, there was a guy I was listening to earlier today and he was like, you know, we're talking about this right now, but tomorrow I'm going to sound like a fool because everything's right. going to change <laughs> and we're going to know more. And, you know, the information that's being put out there now is going to be different. And so right. it's part of the the life we're uh, just in the midst of, I guess, you know. Right. Yeah, I think it's definitely a time where we all have to get very comfortable with being uncomfortable and just mm-hmm. kind of being kind of constantly in flux. Yeah. Um, which can be really hard. Yeah, I was talking to... When you, when you like concrete things. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I was talking to somebody uh, the other day. We did a podcast. Actually, uh, yeah, one of the past podcasts, Noah Manning. Um, he, we were talking and, and one of the things that kind of came up, uh, about this was it's like forces everybody kind of out of their comfort zone. And, um, you know, Dana and I, anybody that's ever moved in their life, especially like a big move from, for us, it was Minnesota to Florida. Um, it's, it's a real wake up call. You like have to like relearn everything. It it feels like, you know, Mm -hmm. like you learn new surroundings to, you know, your new pattern of life and your new, you know, uh, your new norm is just kind of mixed Mm -hmm. up. And, and I feel similarly with how things are going with this. And I think that kind of it's the world's kind of in that transition period of that figuring things out, but yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. That's been something that we've been talking a lot with work is just needing to essentially well, so there's this this video that I saw. I think it was a, a TED talk or something, but it talked about there was at one point where 
the London subway system completely broke down and people had to figure out different routes to get to where they needed to go. Mm. And then when everything got back on track, like 60% of people never went back to their old routes. Right. Because the disruption essentially made people realize that there was a better way Mm. to do what it was that they needed to do. Yeah. So I've been kind of like seeing all of this kind of with that mindset of this is a kick in the butt that we maybe didn't know we wanted or needed. Yeah. But it's having us rethink some of those processes and those things that we just our day-to-day lives of how am I using my time and and what do I want to be using my time for? It's just making you reevaluate and change how you do things, whether that's with work or just home life or whatever. For sure. 100%. It also makes me think about, you know, our, our education system as far as like, college or universities and how we look at you know our sociology classes will be forever changed as well I mean Mm -hmm. the studies and the information that will come from this period of time of you know the effects of from economy to you know social uh, experiences to Mm -hmm. um, you know everything (laughs) everything is kind of different and and it's just a really it's a really interesting look you know we've never the world's never been through something like this before and so uh at least to the magnitude that it is now and and the way it is and so right um, everything's everything's new everything's different and and i think we'll you know the way this is uh researched and viewed and the information that will come of this i think is going to be really interesting to see over the next you know decade yeah, definitely. I think this is like the the nine eleven of probably the younger generation. Yeah, for sure. This is the huge disruptor. It's going to change so much. For sure. Yeah. Oof, man. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this too. I, I know we're we've got plenty of time, but this is nothing to do yeah. with really our talk. But um, just how do you remember when you were a kid? This maybe this is a good transition because we'll get into childhood here in a little bit. But you remember when you were a, yeah. a, a child, a kid. And like, there's one specific instance, there's a couple, but there's one specific instance where I remember there was a big snowstorm um, and we were, my family was living in Illinois at the time. And I just remember being out of school for like five days, you know, like I didn't have Mm -hmm. school and, or maybe it was longer than that even, but nonetheless, it was just a long period of time that we didn't have school. And I still think about it. Like there's just something about that time period of being able to like kind of everything was shut down everything was closed and you know we kind of experienced Mm -hmm. that in minnesota sometimes but um yeah i don't remember i I just remember being a young kid and have that that being such a monumental thing or like such a big thing and like the things i learned or the times i got to spend with my family you know doing puzzles and these like things that you kind of that come from those moments i guess Mm mm-hmm yeah and I look at that with, yeah. with kids now, you know, where they don't know any different. They don't know any better. Mm-hmm. You know, like they know it's different. They know something's changed, something's off or, you know, this isn't the norm, but it's still a, a bright, interesting world out there for some, for these young kids, yeah. you know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. And hopefully they're having really great family interactions where they are spending that sure. extra time and doing puzzles and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. hopefully despite all the bad things that are happening in terms of people being sick and all yeah. that, hopefully this could be a bright spot for a lot of people as well for to sure. have more of that family interaction. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are really turning 
that mindset, you know, into Mm -hmm. how can we, what's the positives we can get out of this and how can we use this to, to be a positive and not necessarily something to like look down upon, but right. It's good. It's good for sure. Well, Tina, let's throw it back. Let's, uh, let's dive into childhood. (laughs) What do you say? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Well, why don't we start off and why don't you tell us a little bit about your childhood? What was it like for you? You know, um, yeah, what were what were the, yeah. some of the things that that uh, you think about when you think about childhood? Yeah, it's funny to kind of thinking about this a little bit because I feel like so many people have different ways of remembering things, mm. and like some people are really great with names. Some people yeah. really remember like very distinct experiences. Um, I forgot a lot of stuff, honestly, from my childhood. So I've been trying to like think through what were those things that I remember. Um, So I guess I'll start with, um, so I was actually born in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, So I'm from the East Coast originally. And I lived there till I was about six or seven. Okay. Um, And I would definitely say I remember mostly good things from that time. Um, Mm. We had this nice little house. It was an older house um, that my parents had purchased, and they had done a lot of renovations on it as well. Um, and so one of the things that I do remember is um, being in the attic area of that house. Nice. And there was these, like, clothing racks that, you know, had old clothes on them or just storage stuff. And, you know, little kids, you see them at, like, department stores, and they just love to, like, crawl around the racks yeah. of the clothing and everything. Like, that was me, but in our in our like attic area. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of have that distinct memory. Um, and I would just, it was, it was a really fun, happy time. I feel like for me, I have an older sister um, and there's plenty of home videos of me following her around and she hated it. Um, <laughs> she was very annoyed with me, but I was just classic sister love, right? by her. Yes. She was, she was, bigger and better at everything so I wanted to <laughs> do everything she did um which caused a lot of fights and a lot of her not <laughs> being happy with me sure. um but I do remember um we'd have like these big boxes that we'd essentially kind of like play with and and create our own worlds with them okay so they were either a spaceship or they were a house um and I just kind of have those memories of playing those things and um when we were playing well together we would have a great time um yeah (laughs) so that was really cool um and then when we so i was like six or seven when we moved and we actually moved to um israel for a couple of years okay um my dad is from israel and um i've never actually asked what the plan was like were we going to stay there forever kind of thing yeah um but we were there for about two and a half years um, before we came back to the United States. And when we came back, we moved to Minnesota. Um, and that was because my dad used to work for Northwest. And mm. Northwest was based out of Minnesota. Um, yep. So he was commuting. I think even when we were living in Connecticut, he was commuting to Minnesota. And then when we were living in Israel, he was commuting from Israel to Minnesota. Wow. <laughs> Which that's probably why we came back. It just, it, became too much after a while um so then we came back to minnesota or came to minnesota and then we've been here ever since so 
Um, even though I was born on the East Coast, I really yeah. feel very Midwestern because I've lived here longer than I've ever lived anywhere else. For sure. Um, so, do you, yeah, I was in fourth grade when we moved here. Nice. So do you remember? do you remember much from Israel at all? I do remember some things. Um, kind of the initial move there was kind of like you were talking about. Any move is really disruptive. It's mm-hmm. really scary in some ways. Yeah. Um, and I would say even more so as a kid, moving to a place where you don't necessarily know the language. Yeah. Um, everything is really foreign. Um, you know, grocery stores are different. Uh, stores in general are different. Yeah. The climate's different. Sure. The way that the houses are structured are different. Um so it's a completely different feeling there, but um, I loved it. It was amazing. Um, school was really cool there. I, I have some funny memories from um, classes there where we were doing like chemistry and, you know, I lived there between second and fourth grade. So it was sure. probably like third and fourth grade. We were already doing like chemistry things. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> um, which is maybe not as common in the United States from what I understand. And, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like we, um, so where I went to school is, um, it's called the Moshav, which is basically kind of a, a, a farming community or sorry, you know, the Moshav was next to it, but the school is on the kibbutz, which is kind of like a agricultural farming community that also housed a school. Okay. Um, so we went to school on this kibbutz and, um, so a lot of the things we did was around within the kibbutz and a lot of my friends lived there or they lived on the moshav next to it. Yeah. So if I stayed after school to hang out with my friends, like we'd be just running around fields and, um, getting into trouble of going into places we weren't supposed to. <laughs> sure. Um, and sure. things like that. Classic kid but, stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah gotta have fun exactly do you speak any of the language i do a little bit um i've definitely forgotten a lot and um i could very barely hold a conversation now sure sure um it'd probably come back though right (laughs) yeah yeah and we've been back a couple of times and um it does come back pretty quickly but it is kind of weird and a little bit embarrassing sometimes when you're trying yeah. to think like how would I even say this yeah and then you realize you just don't even have the words anymore mm. um and I took French and and Spanish at different points in my life as yeah. well so then those languages kind of <laughs> fill yeah and so I'm I I need somebody who speaks all the different languages to some extent that I do so yeah. I can have a conversation using all four languages <laughs> in the same conversation sure did your parents, uh, is it Israeli? Is that the language? What is the? Hebrew. Hebrew. Gosh. Hebrew. I yeah. know that sounds yeah. like a, that's an ignorant no, question, but. That's, um, a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why that didn't just pop in my head, which Hebrew is also interesting because it was originally not a spoken language or it was oh. only a spoken language. Is that correct? Okay. I honestly don't, I don't know. know. One way or the other. There's one of those. <laughs> We're going to stay yeah. off that topic because clearly I'm not informed enough either. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I took, uh, which is completely different, I took biblical Hebrew uh, in mm. college. Uh, yeah. Yeah, couldn't tell you a lick of that. Uh, yeah. That was a tough one. That was a, one of those. Mm-hmm. 
one of those classes that yeah. uh, happy it's done, happy it's over. Um, very mm-hmm. difficult thing to learn, and I didn't do a very good <laughs> well, job of learning it. <laughs> it's a completely different alphabet. Yeah. It uses sounds, sounds that you don't use yeah. in English, so yeah. it's it's hard for someone who's not born into it to learn how to recreate those sounds because yeah. you're just using a different part of your mouth right. and throat Well, and the letters, make some of those noises. Yeah, the letters are even different you know i mean mm-hmm. it's not quite the same yeah. as like chinese characters and and kind of right. understanding that but it, like it, you're kind of flipping the script on your brain in some ways sometimes yeah yeah and it's written um back right to left instead yeah. of left to right yeah right or yeah. whichever opposite way yep. yeah so it's you know even that way you have to kind of switch your brain of like yeah. which way do i even read this of course yeah it's crazy so Definitely, yeah. yeah. Interesting, interesting uh, language for sure. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Did your did your parents speak Hebrew like to you growing up? No, or? not that much. And that's kind of one of the things I do regret a little bit from my childhood is I yeah. wish that they had done that, just because that would have been such an easy way for both me and my sister to be bilingual from a yeah. young age. Yeah. Um, and my sister was older when we moved and everything. So I think she's retained more than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but neither of us are really fluent anymore. Um, so it is something that I regret a little bit. And I, I know I can do a little bit work on my own to, to get that back. Yeah. But I just have been lazy and haven't done it. So yeah. that's definitely on me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> no judgment from, have, from this side. Right. <laughs> I have all this extra time, though, so, you know, I should there be you doing go. that, but yeah. I'm not. I know, I should be I'll doing... Get, I'll get back. I've been wanting to learn Spanish. We downloaded the, like, mm-hmm. Duolingo app, and, yeah. you know, we were doing that pretty religiously there for about, I don't mm-hmm. know, a month or so, Dana and I, and then right. fell off. But now would be the time to do it. <laughs> right. But. And I was doing that, too, with Spanish, just because we were going to go to Spain and yeah. speak Spanish, so I was like, I'm going to learn Spanish, too. Yeah. And I was really good for a while. And again, I've dropped off now. So I need to get back into that as well. It's hard to be disciplined on stuff like that. It really it is. is. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it's like on your own, you know, it's like just mm-hmm. something. Yeah, there's a benefit, but it's just you'll get by if you didn't have it. So it's, right. it's not this like right. pressure prompt to like really dig in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do very well when there's deadlines or some kind of external mm-hmm. force. Yeah. Yeah, Dana and I talk about that. We both are kind of that way, which is problematic mm-hmm. at times. Yes. Uh, yep. Just depends on what it is, but yeah, we're we're I'm I'm definitely that way, and I know Dana is as well. So mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. What would you say? Learn to be better with work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it's different. You've got like work is work is different at times, right. especially when you're at work when you've got like there's. There's like follow up. There's somebody that to hold right. you accountable if you don't do it. So right. you kind of know. It's the things that mm-hmm. there's no accountability if you don't do it. And so then you just right. have to be like self-disciplined. But then there's no fallout if you don't other than right. you just don't get the rewards of what you were trying to get. So it's uh yep. Yeah, it's just it's more difficult. It's it's just it is. harder. Yeah. <laughs> uh what would you what would you say uh, were some of your interests as a child? You know, was it like athletics, music, nature, movies? Yeah. Um, I would say reading was definitely probably number one. Okay. Um, 
I tried a lot of sports. Sure. I will not say that I was ever great at many of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I cycled through probably about a sport a year for a while there. Okay. Um, but I did kind of land on dance when I was in high school. Oh, nice. And that's something that has really stuck with me. Um, I don't dance much now, although I was doing Zumba pretty regularly, which is, I'm going to say, kind of like adult version of dance. When right. you don't have a dance studio that you're going to, you're still kind of getting the movement in a little bit. Yeah. Um, which that has died down a little bit. But um, <laughs> I've... Dang it. Yeah, I would say... Corona. <laughs> I know. Although so many people are holding like virtual Zumba classes now, which is awesome. Yeah. Again, um, it's not the so, same. Yeah. Because there's something not. about like going to the, like getting, getting your butt out of the house and going. Mm-hmm. That yeah. you're like forced to do it. You can just turn it on and be like halfway through and be like, meh, I don't feel like it. You know, or I'm tired. Yep. And then you like, yeah. you can go sit down. There's no, <laughs> there's no accountability. There's no like real fallout, you know? Unless you put yourself on video, and then there is, Mm, but if you all of a sudden close out of it, you could just be like, oh no, I lost internet connection. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Internet (laughs) must have gone out. I don't know. Ah, dang it. They're like, yeah, yeah, team, no, we saw you huffing and puffing over there. Right. (laughs) Sure. Um, But yeah, so I think kind of when I got into high school, dance kind of became the thing that I did, and I did that through college. Um, So that was really cool, and then... Um, more recently I've been getting more into weightlifting and running. Um, and me and Chris actually ran our first marathon this past fall. Congratulations. um, Twin Cities Marathon. Thank you. I've been talking to a lot of people that have been running marathons lately and, uh, Mm -hmm. y'all are, y'all are killing me. (laughs) (laughs) I, I never, I said I would never do a marathon. Mm. Um, I've said the opposite. I would. Right. I want to do one. I, I will. Yeah, I will. And I will. It's true. Yeah. It's not right now. Yeah. No, and I I said I'd only ever do half marathons because the marathon yeah. just seems ridiculous, but a half marathon seems okay. And then our friend and Chris both read this book and got really motivated to run a marathon. Yeah. And Chris had always complained about doing runs longer than, you know, like three miles or six miles before. Yeah. And I was like, well, if you're going to run a marathon, I feel like I have to run a marathon because <laughs> in this relationship, I have kind of put myself to be the runner. Yeah. So um, we signed up for it and we actually did it, which nice. was great. Our friend did not. Our friend backed out. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, Two out of the three. Which, yeah. Not bad. Which was funny because we were like, we're going to all do this together. And we signed up and texted him and he's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> And they're like, we already paid the money. I know. How was it? What was the... Well, first off, what was the book uh, Chris and yeah. your friend read? Um, it was by David Goggins. Okay, that's the one I was um, expecting. That that one did the yes. same thing for me. I was like, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Can't yeah, hurt me? I think that's what it is. I'm yeah. trying to remember what the name of it is. I think so. Yeah, I believe um, that's it. I think that's... I don't think he's written okay. any other books, but if okay. anybody listening, it's... I highly encourage you to go check it out. There is also an uh, an audio book, and it's very different oh. than any other audio book you've ever read or listened to. Uh, I actually yeah. listened to the audio version, and in between each chapter, him and the uh, like narrator reader 
um, they do kind of like a short little like 10, 15 minute like podcast and they kind of discuss what went on um, mm-hmm. in each chapter or in each like little section, which was really fascinating, really interesting. You get a little more like it's not in the book, I don't believe. Um, it's just the, the audio yeah. version. So fun little fact. Yeah. Go check it out. Can't hurt me. David Goggins. Uh, don't be offended by the language. Understand uh, it's a yeah. it's a hard hitting, straightforward, no bullshit like uh, mm-hmm. type of book. So it's awesome though. If you want to get encouraged, yeah. get, get motivated to be uh, to do more than what you've uh, maybe are doing now. Ever thought you could? Yes, read that book. Yeah, yeah. There's some really good motivational things that he does to help himself kind of get through some of those tough things that he does yeah and when i was starting to train and and just getting used to running longer distances and running without walking breaks and things like that i was definitely using his like digging into the cookie jar and like yeah pulling out my my reasons why i was doing this so mm-hmm. it was really yeah excuse the language but it's a great book and a really motivating book yeah yeah, David Goggins. You can follow him on if you if you want an intro into him. Go follow him on on yeah. any social media, Instagram, whatever. Yeah, um, it's very much an intro into his mentality and mindset. There's another book mm-hmm. called Living with a Seal. Uh, he's a Navy Seal, and uh, so this guy. Yeah. It's it's a whole other book that's kind of David Goggins goes into this guy's home and, and life and kind of runs him through his lifestyle and mentality, and uh, it's pretty cool so that's another one that's kind of intro into the life of david goggins and the mentality of uh david goggins himself yeah definitely so man i I love that that was that was interesting i I love that i thought that was i figured that was the book you know like knowing chris Mm -hmm. and kind of like (laughs) being motivated for marathon because i was motivated after that book to do the same thing and i was like hmm yeah okay okay if he he can do all these ultras on you know and do this stuff on broken legs like i can do it he's insane he's insane (laughs) he is insane yeah for sure yeah how was it for you what was your experience like of running the marathon it was, I feel like I mentally prepared for it pretty well. Um, it was five or six months of preparation. Um, we started training in like April, May-ish time frame, and then the run was in October. Okay. Um, so it, it took, I would say, that amount of time for me to feel mentally prepared, which a huge part of running marathon is mental. Yeah. Um, just your body's tired, you want to stop, but it's really your mental kind of grit pushing you forward for a good chunk of it. Um, so I think that having all that time to prepare was great. Um, I've kind of almost every year been in this cycle of, I stop running in the winter and then every Mm. spring I kind of have to get myself back in shape for it at least like lung wise because you just lose that lung capacity so fast it goes away so fast um (laughs) so yeah so so fast which is so frustrating yeah um so i really was starting kind of like running a mile was hard right like that was where i was at when i started um yeah but it's amazing how quickly you progress and how quickly you can really do more than you think you can yeah um and it's, it's a lot of consistency. So it's, you know, if you're running three to four days a week, doing a long run every week, 
um, what would a long to run, podcast was huge. What would a long run look like for you? Um, I think the first, so I, I created like a 20 week training plan, um, to kind of get me to race day. Um, I think it started out, um, probably about five miles of a long run. And okay. then the longest long run we did before the marathon was 20 miles, cool. which was about three weeks before the marathon. Yeah. That's crazy. Do you, so, yeah. so I, I just had a, another, a, a guy from college, uh, he played soccer at Bethel and he's now the head coach, mm-hmm. head soccer coach, uh, at Grace college in Indiana. Yeah. And, uh, he is also training to, he actually wants to be, to qualify for the London marathon in the elite, wow. in the elite division. And, wow. uh, he just did a practice marathon the other, or, uh, I think it was no practice, uh, half marathon. And he did yeah. did it in uh, one seventeen twenty five. It was a oh sub five fifty four per mile. Mind blowing, right? Mind blowing. <laughs> that's like my my time halved. I am definitely at least for long distances. I'm like an eleven and a half, twelve and a half minute mile. So yeah. by no means you need to be an elite runner to do it. <laughs> yeah, for but sure. That's amazing. Right. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm in awe of people that can do that and be that fast. I, I just don't feel like my body moves that quickly. <laughs> so he has to be under two forty five. For the full, mm, uh, for the for marathon. A full marathon to qualify for the elite yeah. level, so wow, yeah, he's uh, and it has to be under, I don't know, one fifteen, which it like breaks down. I don't know. He said under mm-hmm. one fifteen for a half, um, to qualify the time wise and crazy. Yeah, so check that out, Aaron Good Patrick. Yeah, wow. man, yeah, nuts. I, I I can't imagine. Like I, I've ran a single mile. <laughs> one single yep. mile at that like 556 I, I think one time i don't and know if i could i think i just trip over myself yeah it's the best i've ever done i i like sprinted when i was in before i yeah. went to college and i played soccer and so our preseason i had chin splints really bad and i couldn't run long distance mm. it killed me so i would do these mm-hmm. like short sprints so i'd do a mile just as yeah. hard as i possibly could to try to stay which i don't know if that was any better because more pounding of my shins but yeah <laughs> i like beat that time one like i think i did it twice actually but i was just like whoa and it was just a full-on sprint just as fast as my mm-hmm. like little legs could possibly run so, right right yeah can't yeah, believe that's it that's crazy I- I feel like there's definitely like a, a body type that elite runners need to have to be able to do that. Cause I, you know, I'm like something. five, four, five, five, something like that. I've got short little legs. Yeah. So I'm like, even if I tried, I don't think my body could physically do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's not much taller than me. So he's probably like five, nine maybe, mm-hmm. but he's a uh, man. I don't know. I, I yeah. was impressed when I saw that he posted on his Facebook. Definitely. So I had to bring it up to him, but he said that, and I was like, what? Like, are you kidding me? That's crazy. Yeah. Like, you ran 12 miles on at 5.54 pace, like, a mile? That's crazy. That's insane. Insane, yeah. Well, wow. Timna, let's, uh, let's, get, let's get back to childhood a little bit. Do you I remember? talk about running forever. I know. We could talk about <laughs> so many different things. This is, this is how it goes. Like, anybody that yeah. consistently listens knows, like, this is how it goes. This is, this is mm-hmm. uh, the world of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, so. Yeah. Um, what did you say you wanted to be when you grew up? 
Do you remember? Ooh, yes. I wanted to be an astronaut. Nice. I love I that. loved space. I loved seeing like pictures of galaxies yeah. and different things like that. I was super in awe of all that. And my um, grandpa used to be really interested in that. So he'd watch like the different telescopes that kind of post online. Sure. Um, so I think I got a little bit of that love probably from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also terrified of just being in open space. So I probably wouldn't be good at being an astronaut, but <laughs> if I could ever see like a, a galaxy up close, yeah, quote unquote, un- up close, that would be amazing. Uh, yeah. So cool. I love that. This is, I think that's one of my favorite questions that I have. Mm-hmm. is like just knowing what people because it's so interesting especially in this context when it's we already know like what you're doing for work now yeah and like we all had just the craziest dreams when we were little yeah. you know like I, I deviated a little where a little bit someplace yeah i, I went I took a hard left <laughs> <laughs> hey i love it i think the the harder harder left you take from childhood to now is fun at least it's a good answer yeah. you know <laughs> yeah for sure so um, what, if we move into kind of like adolescent time, middle school, high school time, yes. um, mm-hmm. wh- how would you describe like who you were as a student? Ooh, good question. Um, so when we came back to the U S, um, I, it was a middle school. No, yeah, just kidding. That was elementary school. Um, so I'm going to back up a little bit. No, you're fine. But when we came back, I, in some ways, feel like I struggled a little bit just because now I was back in a place where everybody spoke English. Yeah. And I had adjusted to everybody speaking Hebrew in school. Sure. And so it was kind of a confusing, probably, first school year back. Yeah. Um, and there was things I missed that people had done just because the curriculum was different Mm -hmm. and so there are things that i jokingly still say that like i don't know u.s geography super well because i probably missed that and i don't know like roman numerals (laughs) yeah um because that must have been covered while i was not here um so it's just like funny little things like that so i i think probably my first year or so i maybe struggled a little bit i remember Mm -hmm. reading a lot and and that was kind of my comfort because I could read and I knew what I was reading and it was kind of easy. Yeah. What kind um, of books did you read then? Oh gosh. Do you um, remember? I'm trying to remember. There were a couple of books that I just would reread and reread so many times. Um, one was I think called a girl in the wall. Okay. And I don't remember who the author was, but I loved that book. Um, and there was another one, I think it was called the ear, the eye and the arm, okay. which was, um, I like fiction. Yeah. Like so, young adult, were those like do. young adult fiction or no? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's, and I still love reading fiction and I still love reading sure. young adult books, which yeah. is probably something I have in common with Dana. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and one of the things we connect over. For sure. Um, but yeah, I definitely was, reading was kind of my escape and I would, my parents would tell me to turn off the light a lot of nights i remember that Mm. i was i was reading too late and i had to go to bed um (laughs) it's a good that's a good problem to have i think as a a parent i'm not a parent but it feels like a good problem to have like you're reading too much honey turn off the light (laughs) yeah (laughs) turn off the light uh 
Yeah, but when I got into middle school and then into high school, I I would say overall I was a good student. Um, by then I was more comfortable. I felt confident when I was in school. Um, I've always really loved math and science and also writing and history. So I kind of have those two sides that I really um, felt strongly in. So I was in more advanced math for at least a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and overall, I think pretty good student. I, I did my homework. I went to school. I never really cut class or anything like that. Um, I was involved in a lot of extracurriculars, especially in high school. I did a lot of school plays. Um, I was in choir for a little bit. I was in band in middle school. Nice. Um, So, yeah, I I liked, I'm very much like an extroverted introvert. I love being around people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so whenever I had a chance to hang out with people and do things, I was always there (laughs) as much as I could be. Yeah. Um, I feel that. I feel like I'm the same same way even now like mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm like we don't i like that like i don't know just having yeah. things like we don't need to talk yeah we can just sit here but yeah. as long as we're here together presence yeah that's why i love having dana yeah. in the house like mm-hmm. we have our little system she opens the door when it's like safe for me to like pop in and be like hey what's <laughs> going on or um, yeah but if she needs like privacy or she's got a meeting she just shuts the door and we know but i just yeah. like knowing that that person's there you know, Dana yeah, and I definitely. do that a lot, even, you know, throughout our relationship of I'll be watching sports, you know, in a different room and she'll be watching whatever she wants to watch or reading a book or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That seems like the a good, healthy balance yeah. at times, you know, just yeah. that presence and knowing someone who's in the, in the same vicinity as you. Yeah. Just reassuring. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Did, um... Yeah. Did you have a hard time kind of transitioning back to the States then? You know, sounds like you, you're an outgoing person and anybody that knows you knows that's, that's a, that's a trait of yours for sure. Um, but was like meeting people when you came back, did you still have friends from before you'd left or was that just like a whole new like world for you? Yeah. I guess you're, you went to Connecticut and then you went to Minnesota, so. Probably mm-hmm. completely different. Yeah, it was a whole new world. And even going from um, the elementary school and middle school I went to were connected. So there was a little bit of crossover there of people. Um, although it, some other elementary schools fed into that middle school. So there was definitely new people once that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually open enrolled to high school. So nobody I went to elementary school or middle school with went to the same high school I did Um, just because of where we lived. It was a better school that we ended up going to. My parents felt than the one that we would have gone to otherwise. Um, So after, I guess I was in, we did three years of middle school, about a year and a half of elementary school. Yeah. And then I kind of started over again. Gotcha. Um, So that was, that was hard. And, um, I think in some ways it was also kind of interesting because my sister's older than me. So she was, you know, she went to the same middle school, but she started in middle school. Um, and then she moved to this other high school also, but she was already in that high school for about two years by the time I started. Yeah. So she already had friends. She was kind of set up. And then I was entering this new place also. Um, 
and all these people knew each other and had really good friendships from those earlier years uh-huh. that I kind of had to insert myself a little bit. Um, and so there were definitely some, I would say, ups and downs in terms of friendships in high school. Yeah. Um, I changed friend groups a couple of times and <laughs> had some falling outs with people. Yeah. Um, Dana might have been one of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it was definitely interesting. And I think I kind of like when we were just starting the call, I was like, oh, I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah. I kind of have this a little bit of like anxiety, nervousness, like flutters before I have a conversation with anyone. And um, even at work, you know, mm. going into a meeting, even though I've, I'm very confident in what I need to talk about, yeah. I always get that like just little twinge of mm-hmm. of nervousness. Um, yeah. And I'm not always great at like, just walking up to someone in a networking setting and, you know, being like, all right, let's get to know each other and have a conversation. Yeah. Those Um, people that are comfortable in those scenarios are like, I'm envious of them because I'm the same way. They're unicorns. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm an outgoing person too, but man, I do not like, I like when people come to me Mm -hmm. and maybe this is why I have people over to our, our house. You know, when we lived in Minnesota, we we had people over pretty often, you know, you guys would come yeah. over and whatnot. And, um, like walking into a new environment mm-hmm. versus like being in the environment and having people come to you, it, there's a, yeah. there's a different feeling. There's a different confidence. There's a different, like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, emotion that, that is evoked yeah. in each of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always think like I, I'm always kind of pre-planning in my mind, like, what am I going to say and how am I, how am I going to continue oh, the conversation? Yeah. And um, then that carries on afterwards. You like overthink mm-hmm. how you did have that conversation and mm-hmm. yeah. how are they like, did I think, did I make them think this and do they think I'm right. crazy now? Like, oh, I should have just, said that. Yeah, I should have just kept that? my mouth shut. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think maybe some of that comes from having had to change schools so many times because mm. even you know, growing up, we moved, I want to say like five or six times in total, probably before we really kind of settled in Minnesota. And, you know, going from middle school to high school was a change, even though we've lived in the same place. Yeah. Um, So I just had a lot of kind of new starts in my life. Sure. From a young age. Um, So it's always a little kind of every new Every new time is like, okay, how's how's this gonna go, and what's gonna happen now, and yeah, so that was kind of interesting. For having, sure, having had so many new starts. Yeah, I moved quite a bit when I was younger too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I moved first grade, so you had ages, and I've got like yeah grade <laughs> levels, which is kind of funny. But uh, yeah, like middle, it's like the winter, so I I completed the first half of first grade at one school, and the mm-hmm. second half at a different school. Um, yeah. And then it uh, was going into seventh grade was my next move. So similar time period, mm-hmm. you know, as you, you're kind of laying out for us as well, like very closely related. And yeah. then it's the same, you know, middle school, then to high school, and then to college, and then to life. And yeah. It's, uh, I definitely see how it's, you know, you, you made the comment that, you don't know if some of those feelings are kind of from all of the moving that you've done. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to think back on those things of how the different components and the different ways you grew up have kind of a, a play a part in who you are today. 
kind of always in such awe of people that have lived in the same place their whole mm. life and have friends from when they're, you know, like first grade, second grade. Yeah. Just because, you know, my, I would say Dana's really one of my oldest friends and yeah. she's from high school. Right. Right. So that's a huge difference to people that have had friends from, you know, yeah. kindergarten or earlier. And yeah. It's just so interesting to me when I meet those people. <laughs> It is. It really is. It's true. It's true. And and for me, it's it's very similar. Like I'm I'm friends with some of my friends, you know, people, are, and more so as through the podcast, I've gotten to know a few more people from like high school a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know, and and reconnect with some of those people. But my best friends are from college. You know, you met Sam, you yeah. met Tony, you've met Joel, and yeah, you know, those guys are, those guys are, those are my best friends. You know, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. You know, you just change over time and become yeah who you are and um, I don't think there's a right or wrong or you know it's just the way things go but yeah I, I kind of mm-hmm. think of the same things where man I wonder if I stayed you know first grade I shoot I mean even all of elementary school first grade elementary school right. like, I'm still friends with some of those people and on you know Facebook is allowed you to kind of stay in touch with some of those people from the past yeah but um, exactly. it's just interesting to think about like I see wow that group stayed together you know, uh, mm-hmm. like, oh, I played baseball yeah. and soccer with that group of people and they're still all in the same place and still friends like, oh, mm-hmm. that guy's a a uh, car dealer and so and so just bought a car off of him. Cool. You know, like, right. I don't know. It's just interesting yeah. to think about those types of relationships that are still within, still in touch with those people on a more daily basis versus me who sees them from a distance. Right. Yeah. How was, how would you describe your relationship with your parents growing up? I would say it was good overall. Um, So it was, in some ways, it was kind of different because my dad was a pilot. Yeah. So he was traveling a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my mom was really the one that was home more often and would kind of the more consistent parent at home. Yeah. Um, And my dad, I don't remember his schedule when we were younger, but... Definitely when we were older, he would be traveling internationally. That's kind of the routes he was flying. Mm-hmm. So he'd be gone sometimes for three weeks at a time, back home for a week or two, yeah. and then back out for another couple of weeks. Um, and he actually kind of stopped working that schedule and was home a lot more when I was 16. So I feel like that's really when I feel like our relationship started to grow more than it was before yeah um before that it was like okay dad's home but it didn't really feel like he was the consistent caretaker in some ways sure um he was a little bit more of the enforcer he was a little bit stricter than my mom <laughs> sure um we probably pushed the limit a little bit more with my mom because we <laughs> we were more comfortable and we knew what we could push yeah um and that was less so the case with my dad just because we didn't have that closeness in the same way just because he wasn't always there. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really interesting because now it's grown so much and I feel like in general, he's different, at least from my perspective than how he was when we were younger. Um, and maybe it is just that we're adults now. So he doesn't feel like he needs to be as strict and as firm about certain things. Um, (laughs) we can be a little bit more playful and, and be, more adults to each other. Yeah. Um, Which is fun. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. 
Um, and my mom is just the sweetest. Yeah. I, which is probably why we would take advantage of that a little bit when we were younger and we would, <laughs> you know, push the envelope of watching more TV or, you know, arguing back, which we would have never done with my dad. Yeah. Um, and she's just amazing and super sweet now. And sometimes to the point where I'm like, mom, do you know that I'm in my thirties now? Like, leave me alone. Let me be an adult. <laughs> Uh, I love moms. you. But come on. I I mean, yeah. moms. I feel like that's, it must be just their job, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. still get I still get those texts too. You know. Well, make sure you're washing your hands. Don't go anywhere if you don't need to. You know. Right. The the classic thing. Thanks, mom. Got yeah. it. Yep. Yes. Got it. I appreciate it. it. Um, I I also read the news now. I I know yeah. these things. Yes. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. For sure. And I met both of your parents, yeah. and I yeah. feel like you you were spot on, you know, your mom is the Mm -hmm. sweetest and your dad's that I've always known him as that kind of playful guy. You know, he's, uh, he's fun. He, he can talk serious if you, if you engage that with him and, Mm -hmm. but he's a very smart man and, uh, he's fun. He's a fun guy to be around. Yeah. He's always got a sarcastic comment or a a joke that he wants to tell. So (laughs) always, always. And it's good. It's fun. Yeah. When uh, when you look at um, well, first off, what college did you go to? Yes, I went to the University of Minnesota Duluth. So it's the U of M system, but up in Duluth. Yeah, and when you look at that decision to go to UMD, um, yeah. and kind of everything that played into that, what were some of your um, I don't know what what influenced your decisions to go to UMD. What influenced your decision to to major in your major, which we haven't really got to yeah. yet. But what were what was that process of kind of going to college? What were the influences um, on your life in that in that direction? Yeah, um, so I applied to two schools. I applied to the U of M, and I applied to U of M, U of M Duluth. Yep. Um, I got waitlisted at the U of M. Twin Cities, and I got into the Duluth. So nice. That is why I went there. Um, <laughs> Any reason for for like those two specifically? Was it was it just wanted to stay around you know family and and around yeah. the Twin Cities or there other influences? Yeah, um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. Um, was probably a big part of it. So I knew I wanted to be somewhere that was still somewhat close to my family, but a good enough distance. And my parents live in the southern suburbs of the Twin Cities. So um, even if I'd gone to the U of M here in, in Minneapolis, it would have been, you know, you'd have to be purposeful in going there. So it wasn't like someone could just do a quick drive-by every single day to say hello, meaning my mom. Um, <laughs> so it was far enough away. Um, but I... That's one thing that I kind of like thinking back to when we were talking about how was I in school? Like I was pretty good in school. Like I was definitely like an AB type student. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I didn't have a lot of direction in my mind of kind of where I was going to go after high school. Yeah. Um, but I did know that I for sure wanted to start school when everybody else did. I didn't want to kind of be quote yeah. unquote left behind if I took like a gap year. Um, which in some ways I kind of regret that now. I kind of wish yeah. I had. That was going to be my question because um, I was the same way. 
that there was yeah. definitely for me uh, in college there was this uh, self uh, inflicted pressure to like go go to college to go do you know mm-hmm. I thought I knew what I wanted to do but I mean hindsight's twenty yeah. twenty right um, right right and then but yeah I very much was the same thing it was like it was the quote successful thing to do at the time, you know, mm-hmm. and you were right. kind of looked right. at as like, not as lesser than I felt like, right. Um, yeah. at the time coming out of high school, but I, mm-hmm. my, my opinions and my thoughts on that have completely changed, you know, and I would actually, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people I talked to, uh, would really encourage their younger selves or their children in the future yeah. to consider a different path, you know, or mm-hmm. at least, at least, consider it you know and and to think through that process of of what that means but Mm -hmm. yeah it definitely felt like an expectation and I didn't want to I didn't want anybody to be disappointed if I didn't do it I think was kind of part of it too Mm -hmm. um so and when I applied for Duluth even they actually lost my transcript so when I um was kind of talking to my guidance counselor about it she knew somebody on the board in Duluth um and so I guess, so they lost my transcript and they were like, okay, well, we've already filled fall, so we can put you in for spring. And that's kind of where a little bit more of that, like, no, I have to start when everybody else is, because if I'm a yeah. semester behind, like, uh, that's not good. Um, that would stress so, me out so much, though. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure you were a, a nervous wreck. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and so my guidance counselor knew somebody there and they were able to make... Um, kind of an exception for me and put me in the business school to get me in for the fall. So I was originally applying for just the liberal arts degree, um, kind of, you know, I'll figure it out when I get there kind of thing. Um, But they didn't have any more room there. So they put me in the business school. And I was like, okay, I'll get there, you know, after the first semester, I'll transfer out to um, liberal arts or whatever it is I decide I want to do, as long as I just get there in the fall. That was kind of like, Mm -hmm. I have to have to start when everybody else is. Um, and then in then getting into the business school, um, a lot of people in my family are accountants and, um, that's been very successful for a lot of people in my family. And my dad was like, well, this is a great opportunity, you know, go to school for accounting. And I was like, well, I guess I don't know what else I want to do. So (laughs) sure. Yeah. Um, so I went, to school and I started and I signed up for, you know, business accounting classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also kind of stubborn. So even though I wasn't great at it and I didn't love it, I still kept pushing myself to be good at it. <laughs> um, and then of course that meant that I had to be kind of like the superhero of that and graduate uh-huh. early because it's a five-year program. Okay. Um, and I did it in four. Nice. So I did not take any extra fun time to do like a study abroad program, which I wish I had done yeah. or, um, Me too. you know, gotten my master's as part of it. Cause that was an option too. And I was like, no, I'm just going to do it all in four years. I'm just going to take extra classes and be, you know, on the accounting, um, club team thing, like one of the officers and I'm going to do dance and I'm going to work and, <laughs> and, and, yeah. um, so yeah, I I, so I don't. 
I get it. I get it. I mean, it's I was like very the busy in college. Yeah, I think. Do you feel like it's this? Um, I don't know. I, I going to college. It's it's your first time on your own. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's you haven't learned boundaries yet. Um, yeah, and, and you've got a energy that seems to be everlasting and overflowing. Uh, for the most part, you recover faster in the mornings and, uh, you know, that those college, that college range, you know, that yeah, 18 to right. 23 or whatever it is, it's right. like, man, to be that age again, because I, I, right. I did the same things, you know, I, I played sports, I was in school, I worked and, um, mm-hmm. whew, on top of all my school, I mean, there were days, spe- specifically right. my junior year was my toughest year. There were days when yeah. I would be up at eight you know, 7.45 and probably threw some clothes on and made it to class somehow. And uh, that was like an early class. And I didn't stop until, you know, uh, 8.30, you know. And and we're talking, yeah, I slipped maybe, I may have slipped lunch in there. And I Mm -hmm. slept or snuck dinner in there after, you know, at at like 9 o'clock. And then I still had homework to do. yeah. And it was exhausting. I'd go from school to work to practice mm-hmm. to schoolwork again and then yeah. get up and repeat the next day. And Oh, man, I can't – I literally can't fathom doing that today. Uh, I know. And, yeah, I was doing kind of the same thing. I just saw, like, a Facebook memory that it was, like, been on campus for 11 hours and now time to do homework or, like, something like that. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, what was I doing? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Did you have yeah. anyone, you know, throughout your life, I guess, you know, it doesn't, not time specific necessarily, that mm-hmm. was an inspiration to you, that influenced you, maybe a mentor or a teacher or, I don't know, a friend, anybody that was kind of uh, someone you looked, you looked towards for a, as a source of uh, knowledge or wisdom or had your back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say overall, probably my dad, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, he's extremely smart. He's extremely hardworking. Um, I think a lot of my drive to kind of push harder and do more came from him. Um, and of course, now hindsight 2020, I'm like, he probably wouldn't have been happy if he knew how much I was doing either. But I just, I thought that that was what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I'd say him and um, in some ways, too, my grandpa, who passed away when I was in college. And mm-hmm. um, he's just, he was also an accountant. So that, you know, some of that came from there. But he was also just this amazing artist. Yeah. Um, he played music all the time. So I have, like, a very good memory of when we were really little, dancing around to, like, classical music in their house. And he would just, like, sing along and, like, dance with us. Um so they were probably two people that I kind of kept in mind a lot as I was making some of those earlier decisions in life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I would say, too, now being more of an adult, um, I look to my sister a lot, too, because mm-hmm. um, she's she's got an amazing story and she's gone through a lot of different growth parts of her life. And she's an amazing wife and an amazing mom now. Yeah. Um, and so she's just a really big inspiration for me too, um, of just really pushing for what she wants and yeah. um, being really great at it. 
That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I love I love hearing about people's uh yeah, just the the influencers in people's lives, you know, and and everybody's different. Everybody's got these different mm-hmm. stories that kind of come from um, you know, some of those different times growing up and <clears throat> whether it's a parent, a friend, a teacher, you know, it's it's always interesting. Yeah. What did yeah. you what did you officially graduate from college? What degree? I had a degree in accounting and a minor in finance. Okay. Um so super fun and exciting. Yeah. Um so I went into accounting initially. So the accounting firm I work for now, um, I worked in their tax department first okay. when I first graduated from school. Um, and the nice thing about going into an accounting degree um, is a lot of times you leave school or you're in school and you already have a job offer. Yeah. Um, so that was, I think, part of my dad's push and motivation for me to do that because he knew yeah. that that was going to be possibility um so i'm very grateful for that advice despite maybe not doing that anymore yeah um but i think that was just a really great kind of learning for me and um definitely was a a good life decision overall to go that way um even though i've moved from that but um yeah did you feel that you were ready to take on the world or start your career after college no. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was interesting because I, you graduate in May. Um, and for a lot of accounting firms, you generally don't start till the fall. So I had, you know, like a summer and a little bit of basically living at home yeah. um, afterwards, which that was a transition. You know, like I'm 21, 22, I'm back home now. Right. Um, so, that's really when me and Dana were kind of starting to look for places because she was starting to work too. And I had a job coming up right. um, and we wanted to get out of our parents' houses. Um, so we were kind of on the job hunt and luckily found something kind of right before I think both of us started working. Um, but I also, again, something that I'm like, why did I do this? I, um, the CPA certified public accountant right. certification or license is like a big thing yeah. in public accounting. Um, and me, again, me being stubborn, I was like, I'm going to knock it out in that summer before <laughs> I start working. Yeah. So rather than enjoying those last couple months of freedom of not having a job full time, um, I studied <laughs> for, you know, another eight to 10 hours a day trying mm. to pass these exams. Um, and I was not successful the first time around. So it took me a long time to even get that certification. But again, being very stubborn, yeah. um, I just kept pushing and kept trying and eventually got it. But it was definitely a a long path right. to get there. Right. And I'm sure that took the wind out of your sails a little bit too, uh, not passing mm-hmm. the CPA exam right away, which is, yeah. listen, if anybody has ever taken it, everybody knows Anybody that has taken it knows it's no piece of cake. It's a Mm-mm. it's a very very tough, uh, very <laughs> tough yeah test and and thing to prepare for. Um, one of our mm-hmm. past guests, uh, AJ, and he was our for- Dana and I and myself's former roommate at one time, and we we witnessed him go through that whole process, and so and Dana got to witness you go mm-hmm. through it as well. Yeah. <laughs> So, She's had her fill of it. I'm yes, sure. <laughs> yeah, we, we're very familiar. Uh, 
for sure, for sure. Well, bring us up to speed from kind of, you know, CPA time to, to now. Yeah. Um, so I worked in that public accounting firm, same company I still work for now, but um, I worked in that tax area for about five and a half years. Um, and then while I was doing that, I really realized that looking at the partners in the firm, that wasn't necessarily something I wanted to be doing when I was in my 50s and 60s still, yeah. to be working that many hours. And um, it's a stressful job. I mean, it's For I would sure. say accountants are probably up there with like lawyers in terms of work never stops. You're kind of yeah. working all 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, even more so during busy season. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, weeks I was working 80 plus hours a week and it was just really, really hard yeah. to maintain that after so many years. Um, and I was also teaching um, our like new hire courses at one of the conferences that mm. we would hold. Um, and that was kind of the bright spot for me every year. That's something that I really looked forward to. And I felt it was like a break from my other job. Um, and so when it got to a point where I was kind of getting burnt out and just really felt like I couldn't do it anymore, I reached out to someone in our learning department and asked um, if they had any openings. Um, and there was a couple of different positions that were open at the time and talked to different people and ended up in um, a role that's called an instructional designer, which I had never heard of before. It was not something that I even knew existed, um, but it is essentially um, a learning consultant you are talking to people who are subject matter experts mm. and you are helping them develop and design the best learning solution for whatever that problem is that they're trying to solve for. Yeah. So, so kind of like creating um, a system then like yeah. around that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's different like methodologies that people use and different project management things that people do to yeah. kind of um, work through instructional design concepts and methodologies. Um, and so I, I did that for about three and a half years. And now I've been in my new like tax learning strategy role for about three months, I think it is, two, three months, cool. something like that. Yeah. So this is a relatively new role, but um, it just felt like a nice way to connect my tax background with this new learning consultant background that I've gained over the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, looking back, um, you know, and, and I say this because I, I ask myself the same question a lot of times, but w would you do things differently, you know, going into college, like looking back? Yeah. Um, I don't think I would, honestly. Yeah. Um, I was kind of thinking about that a little bit before and, and kind of thinking through some of the things that you might be asking and, yeah. That was like one thing I just kept coming back to is even though there are things that I'm like, oh, why didn't I do that? I think by doing what I did got me here right. and I'm really happy with where I am right now. So I don't want to have changed anything because then I might not be where I am. Yeah. Um, so I'm despite all those mistakes, I feel like I'm, I made maybe um, I'm really happy with where I am. So I wouldn't change it at all. Good for you. That's awesome. I, I, I ask myself that same question. Sometimes it's, you know, I, I think about like, well, would I go back to Bethel college, the college that I went to, right. and, you know, I mean, if I could take everything I have now, the relationships and the mm -hmm. knowledge I have now and go back 
and like not lose any of that, you know, I would right. totally go somewhere right. different. However, yeah. that's not, that's a unrealistic idea, you know? And right. I think I would change majors 100%. I would, mm-hmm. wouldn't major in adolescent studies and youth ministry, but I would, mm-hmm. uh, I would probably still go to Bethel, um, just because of the relationships I built and, and those those relationships and mm-hmm. those experiences I was able to have, uh, I think, were very foundational and, and true to who I am today. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's an it's an interesting question to to ask, and I love your answer. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I yeah. think, man, it is it, our experiences throughout life are what lead us to who we are today. Um, they're mm-hmm. the, it's the base knowledge that we have that we that we go off of and and use every single day. In, in our day-to-day right. life of, um, you know, just navigating the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and there's definitely a lot of hard lessons I've learned, and there's a lot of stress and pain and unhappiness yeah. in there, too. But of course. I wouldn't, knowing what I know now, like if I could, like you're saying, if I could take it all of what I know now and go back, maybe. Um, but if I wouldn't, have those same good life experiences and and stories and things like that um i don't know if it would be worth changing it yeah yeah i i agree 100 percent. i i don't think i would change certain things for sure i mean it's just part of part of my story it's part of who i am part mm-hmm. of who i am today yeah um yeah there's definitely some things that you know maybe my college major i would change that would make things yeah. in life a little <laughs> bit easier and and different and uh, potentially better, but it's hard to tell. You just never know. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Timna, I've reached kind of the end of my uh, standard questions, but I have yeah. four uh, questions. It's the the harder hard questions are coming now. Okay. And there's four of them. Ooh. You ready? All right. I'm getting ready. Yeah. All ready. right. First one. What are you most proud of to date? I come out swinging, Ooh. Timna. I come out swinging. Ooh, you really do. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, that's a hard one. Um, okay, I'll go with my first thought because perfect. Whatever, that's that's the best thing I got right now. Um, I would say the thing I'm most proud of now is how I can see the silver lining in a lot of things, even mm. in really tough situations. Um, and I think that's a skill that I've grown and probably a coping mechanism, honestly, for some stuff. But it's. I really value that and I, I'm really happy that I have that because I think it helps other people too when there is something positive brought up in all the bad that is happening. Absolutely. I agree. That's awesome. Good answer. What do you look forward to most in the future? Do you have any goals or ambitions? Oh, um, I am looking forward to... It's a tough question, especially right now, because we don't is. know what what, right? what things are going to look like. So but... much unknown. Yeah. Um, well, in the short term, I'm looking forward to going outside and enjoying some nice weather whenever we get some. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I had to like cold. shut the blades a little bit while we were talking because yeah. I was a little too warm from the sun coming in. Mm. Um, but oh, I wish... I wish that's what I had right now. It's kind of cold and gloomy out. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel um, for you. I feel for you. But. <laughs> uh, what am I looking forward to? I um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things. Um, 
but I'm struggling to put them into words. I guess um, one thing is I'm looking forward to seeing my nephew grow up because I'm really uh, excited and interested to see kind of who he becomes. Mm. Um, he's my first my first nephew and the first yeah. um, baby on our side of the family, so cool. I think we're like extra smitten with him. Yeah. Um, he's just amazing, and he's obviously a genius, so um, <laughs> really it. looking forward to seeing him grow. Um, I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to just kind of continuing my life and I haven't really talked about Chris at all in this whole thing, but yeah. really excited and happy to continue our life together. Um, Absolutely. and whatever comes with that, I'm sure will be all great things, yeah. highs and lows, but overall great. For sure. Um, yeah. Cool. I'll stick with that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What, uh, do you ever think about your legacy? Um, when you look back on your life, yeah, you know what? What do you what do you want your legacy to be? What are the things you want people to remember you by and mm-hmm. for? You know, no is a perfectly acceptable answer too. I mean, if you haven't thought about it, it's, it's okay. And I, it, I, I yeah. bring it up, and and this is a co- a question that you know has came up a couple times in my life. But one was mm-hmm. back in college, and I talked about this uh, on a podcast as well, and I don't know that it's even been published yet but um just talking about a a a college professor that he took us to a cemetery and we had a basically a tombstone on a picture and was like what do you want your on your epitaph you know like what do you want to what do you want your legacy to be and kind of thinking about how you live your life based on that and uh so that was kind of one of the first times and then you know i've lost a couple friends to suicide and uh sorry um you hear people talk about their legacy and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the impact they had on, on people's lives. And it's really made me yeah. like, reflect and think about what that is and kind of like how I want to live my life, you know, and what I want people to remember mm-hmm. me by. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think that's something that is probably great for all of us to think about a little bit more because that might influence our actions and yeah. we might think a little bit more closely about what we're doing for sure um i would love for my legacy to be that um people felt comfortable coming to me if they needed something mm. and that i'd always kind of help them see the good in whatever situation they were in and kind of be a, a point of of kindness and, and happiness for them um I don't know if you've noticed, but I do. I try to find humor in a lot of things, so I, I try to make jokes and yeah. you know be light about a lot of stuff. For sure. Um, even if things are kind of tough, which I've learned is not always there's a time and a place for sure. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's kind of what that's I would hope is that um, finding the silver lining felt yeah help them find the silver lining and. And if they needed, you know, someone to listen to them, that I was there. It's beautiful. I love it, Timna. Thank you. Looking back, last question here. Looking back, what advice yeah. would you tell little Timna? Ooh. <laughs> wow. um, I told you, these are the tough ones. I saved the tough ones for the end. These are the tough ones. Yeah. <laughs> I let you, you know, I, I break down all your... You know, those walls yeah. you build up in the beginning and then I hit you with it at the very end. Really do. It's like the one-two punch. Yep. Um, 
I would have told myself to stand up for myself a little bit more from a younger age and speak my mind. Um, I've for a long time been a very much like go with the flow kind of person and haven't always had a strong opinion about a lot of things. Um, And I still am like that, but there are definitely things that I have stronger opinions about now and I do feel more strongly about certain things. Um, And I feel like it's a skill to an extent. So I I wish that I had flexed that and done that more from a younger age Mm, for sure cool timna this has been fun it has been thank you so much for having me absolutely we've got just a short amount of time anything you want to leave us with um wash your hands yes be kind to one of (laughs) those um text people that you may not have thought about recently and just send them a note so they know that you're thinking of them because I think that's going to be really important for people as we are continuing to be socially distant so I'll I'll leave it with that awesome thank you Timna so much for coming on the show really appreciate it yeah thank you and thank you all for listening thank you so much for your contribution It helps us tell more stories like Timna's, stories just like yours. Don't forget, check out crazyfaceuno.com. 100% of our sales and donations are going to um, the World Central Kitchen. Thanks again. We love you all. 